Welcome to the Sunday Morning Shakedown. Whether you're a longtime member of Logan Sport Church or you're simply looking to go a little bit deeper into our Sunday Morning message, the Sunday Morning Shakedown is here to enrich your faith journey. Join us every week. We dive a little deeper into the Sunday messages, providing you with the tools to apply this message to your everyday walk. Stay tuned. The journey begins now. Welcome to the Sunday Morning Shakedown. So we are, uh, we're, we're now getting into uh, what, week two of our Connect series as we uh, go into this uh, look at how we connect with God. Yes, yes. Week two, you know, beginning to move into the idea of what does it mean to be a naturalist? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to connect God through nature? Right. How, how do I go outside and get close to the Almighty? You'd think this would be an easy one. Well, you would think it would be an easy one, but the problem is, is most of us just like the outdoors, right? Right. I mean, that, 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 and, and, you know, I could tell the look on people's faces Sunday. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I connect God when I go outdoors. I'm, I'm so close to God when I go out the, to the outdoors. And then as I preached a little bit, they were getting slapped in the face kind of because I right. said, you just like the outdoors. You just like There's, being outdoors. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, who doesn't yeah. like to run through the grass in their bare feet? But do I connect with God? Yeah. In those moments, right? That's and the struggle, isn't it? That's the struggle with this temperament. Mm-hmm. It really, it really, honestly is. But uh, the whole, the whole thing started, I think, with it was. I like how you started the whole thing with the uh, story of creation in Genesis, which is a great way to begin this because that's where nature began. Yeah, you know, God is in the creating business. Um, actually, the the word for God, Elohim, mm-hmm. is in the original Greek, um, is creator. It's creator God. God is in the creation. Business. We see six days of creation right there in the book of Genesis. We took some time during worship and we read through that creation narrative. Um, And, you know, I think it's good for listeners today just to take a moment at some point in time and read through that text of Genesis 1 and connect, connect what God did to what we see in the world we live in today. Because that connecting point is so crucial to to seeing God in nature. Right. And it's, it's, it is breathtaking when you think about it. And I, you know, not to ruin anything, but um, that, Despite everything that he has created, that we find so incredible, that we're we're above that, mm. which is just it it it's hard to wrap our heads around that. It really is. The pinnacle of creation was us, yeah. and then we tend to mess up his creation, right, <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> we are the best thing he created, and the most damage to all the rest of his creation. I don't for know. <laughs> sure. So then, then you went into the story of your family vacation, mm-hmm. and so when did this family vacation happen? Yeah, so I, we were on sabbatical, so it would have been um, ten years ago when okay. we, we took the kids out there. So they were they were still little fellows at that point in time, and. Um, they, they, they were honestly a little more interested in the, uh, the game box in front of them <laughs> than they were in some of the creation that we had. And there was a well, few yeah. times we pulled into some wonderful places. They're like, can we go back and watch the movie? Um, you know, but, um, when Peggy and I would get out of the car and see the things that God made, it was, it was just so amazing. I, Arches National Park is a park like none other that I'd ever been in in my life. It right. was, it was playing underneath of these giant God made arches was was beautiful, I and bet. you know, seeing the the giant sequoias were, um, as a contractor, you know, I've been a contractor my life, seeing what what God made and how many how many houses we could make out of one of God's trees. Mm. Um, just those things brought us to a new understanding of what our Creator had done. You know, Indiana is a little bit flat. Um, right. We don't have any of those giant trees and not a whole lot of um, God made arches, and so we just started seeing things that we had never never noticed before. Right. And it was it was amazing. Right. Was I'm, amazing. Just, I'm just I'm just. It blows my mind to think that the five of you were in a car 
For how, for how long? <laughs> Together? For three weeks. For three, three weeks. weeks. Yes, oh three weeks. We, 6,330 miles around wow. trip on our, our vacation. It was it was amazing, but um, we were I think we were at 13 different national parks during that trip. So it was, uh, yeah, a lot of miles, a lot of gas, um, but a lot, of, a lot of God's nature. Right. And so that, that was something you guys just kept singing again and again, was just how there, God... Yeah, there was this song that we heard more, a song that was written a number of years ago, and um, God loves us more than the clouds and the sun and the moon and the stars. And so every time we're going and we're seeing these great things that God has made, we're beginning to realize how much God loves us. Yeah. And we're seeing that if God loves this so much, how much more does he care for who we are? How much more does he love us? And so every scene then became, oh, God loves me more than that. He loves me more than this Grand Canyon that he made. He loves me more than these just giant sequoias. He loves me more than the Pacific Ocean that we put our toes in. And we just started to see the incredible love that God has for us mm-hmm. because he gave that to us. You know, right. I mean, if you think about it, God, God created this so we could enjoy it, so we could be present in it, so we could see his glory in it. He, right. he could have made the world gray. You're I mean, right. Just I mean, shades absolutely. of gray. Absolutely. The whole, the whole world, every animal could be the exact same color. Every yes. tree could have the same shade. It, we could, it'd all be grayscale, and we would just go through life and join. Everything could taste like mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know? I mean, it just... Yeah. He, he gave us a variety that right. is beyond what any of us really take a moment to think about. And when we really want to connect with God in creation, we have to think about those things. We have to take a moment and recognize what the Creator gave us and the differences in what He gave us. But that's so hard for us to do, isn't it? I mean, it's so hard for us to to accept that fact that he loves us more than this giant mountain. You know, mm-hmm. I think of the video we played, and one of the one of the clips was this incredible shot of a of a mountain at sunset. It's mm-hmm. like, how does he love me more than that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so hard for us to accept this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. But yeah, he didn't send his son to die for that mountain, right? And he didn't send his son to die for the sunset. Um, he didn't send send his son to die for the ocean. He sent his son to die for us. And when I catch that piece, that, that Jesus didn't have to do that for any of the other creation other than us, and yet his love for us was so great that he did that for us. Um, we are far and above anything else that God has made. And it's, it's important to realize that no matter how far along you are on your spiritual walk, whether you're brand new or you've been a Jesus follower for 50 years, but it's so it's so vital to keep that in mind. Do you think we kind of get maybe immune to that story? Exactly. You know, we, yeah, yeah. We hear it so much. We, we've, we've been told so many times, we've read so many passages about it that we, we kind of get immune to it until something is brought before us right. that causes us to recognize the greatness that God sees in us and the importance that God sees in us and the place that God puts us um, above his created order. That, and then he tells us to be in charge of the very things that he created. So it just shows, it shows in Genesis 1 that God's relationship with us is far beyond what most of us can even comprehend. Um, and his love for us is way beyond measure. Mm. Well, I would imagine that after this past week, that a lot of people have added Matthew West um, more <laughs> to their uh, to their playlist. Probably throughout so. the week because it's such a great song and it's such a uh, it is it is an interesting you know vantage point because normally you know we sing songs to God, but this mm-hmm. is kind of reverse. It's God telling us, you know, I love you more than this. Yes, yes, and and typically we come to church on Sunday morning and we sing songs to Him. Yes, but what is His response right to us? And I, I think when when Matthew when he did that, it was just like knock it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Understanding in yeah. a new way. Right. Um, and then when you stuck those pictures <laughs> behind that song, yeah. we, we had all these all these images of God's creation next to it. 
that just took it out of the park. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was moving. It really was. And it's, uh, I just, I just think it's so, it's so vital to just, uh, never lose sight of that. You mm-hmm. know, that, that, that's, that's how much God loves us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, uh, it's really cool. And so that, that brings us up to the question, you know, are you really connecting with God? Are you really having that, that one-on-one relationship? Are you really connecting with God? Right. Because the, you know, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hand and atheists look at the skies all day long mm-hmm. and they don't see the handiwork of God. They don't connect to God through it. Um, there are people from other other faiths that do not see the handiwork of God. Right. Um, and so you can be in creation, and you cannot connect with Him. Mm-hmm. You can see what He made, and you cannot feel closer to Him. You can enjoy His creation even. I mean, you, you can go and sit by a campfire, and you can make s'mores all evening long. But if you don't catch that God was present in that moment, it was just s'mores by a campfire with your family. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the problem we're facing in our, our world today is a lack of connection with the holy. Yeah. A lack of connection yeah. with God. Um, we, we, have, we connect to lots of things. And God gave us these nine spiritual temperaments that helps us to connect to Him. But we want to connect to the temperament more than we want to connect to the God of the temperament. Mm. And that's, that's, I think, the struggle that we're trying to point out in the sermon series. Right. Is that too often, well, I, just, I, I enjoy the senses. You know, I like to taste. I like to touch. I like to smell. Um, but do I use that to get closer to God? You know, I really like to learn. I'm an intellectual. I, I want to grow. I want to have more knowledge. But am I growing in my knowledge and understanding of God? And this week it was nature. You know, I, right. I, I love the outdoors. But do the outdoors really, what do they teach me yeah. about the God that I serve? And so we're, we're trying to figure out how do we connect with these God-given temperaments that Gary Thomas lays out in his book for us. Which, honestly, the, it's a book you should pick up. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I suggest it to anybody and everybody. You know, Gary Thomas wrote this book, Sacred Pathways, a number of years ago, and it was instrumental in my own personal spiritual life. And I've I've taught it to college students for years, and every time I do that, it's been just you know a, a life changing experience. And and the thing I I, <laughs> I want to point out, I kind of like I read back through it a little bit here and there just to kind of get ready for the series. And and um, when you say that you taught it to college students. Don't let that scare you because <laughs> it is very well written and it's right. not above your head. It's not like, you know, super intellectual and it's, it's really, it's really easy to read. Well, the book's not written for college students. Right. I teach it to them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big difference. Yeah, it is a big difference. I, you know, I, I just found out a lot of years ago that even pastors struggle in figuring out how to connect with the Lord. Yes. Um, you know, we, we come to church, we preach on Sunday morning, we tell people how to connect with God, but how do mm-hmm. we do it ourselves? Mm-hmm. And Because we get busy doing so many other things and we carry so much on our shoulders that mm-hmm. we don't take a lot of that time for us. Or we think that because I prepared a message yeah. or because I did a Bible study right, right, um, or because right. I prayed for my church today that um, I've done prayer and I've I'm done good. Bible study and I've connected with the Lord. And you know, what I did was for everybody else. And I find that when I, you know, when I teach these, these college students, a lot of them, they, their daily activities are more about how do I care for others than how do I care for my own spiritual connection right. to God. Right. And so that's, that's what I teach in Indian Westland. I just teach how do we connect to the Lord um, and not just to our congregations. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had a, a time in your several years of ministry that you haven't felt connected to God? Oh, my gosh, yes. There's, there's so many moments where I felt like... Um, where is the Lord in this? Um, mm. Where is the Lord in my prayer time? And I just don't feel Him or sense Him. Or I'm reading Scripture and it just seems to be the same old stories again and again and again. Um, and I, and I think that even even there's been moments in church services where I feel like it's the same songs and the same moment, and we just relived it over. And I didn't didn't connect with God in those moments. And I, I guess people what I never realized um, was that my responsibility in the connection process. Mm. 
I always thought it was God's responsibility to connect with me. Right. It's like, you know, hey, God, I showed up at church today. Now you do your part. Now you do your, now get in my heart. Make, make me feel something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, but, yeah. you know, my, my wife and I, we, we've joked around over the years that we'd be in the car, we'd be coming to church, and the kids would be in the back seat whining, complaining, and we're kind of griping and, you know, with each other. And then we come to church, it's like, but your smile's on, you know, we're all happy. We're Let's all here. Let's go yeah. to church. Yep. Yeah. And I think that every family faces those oh, kind of absolutely. moments. Um, and so when we do that, we've not come with the desire to connect. Yeah. We've come upset and frustrated and angry and, and we're coming here out of responsibility and just, mm, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And so um, making a conscious decision to connect is something that that too many people are not understanding how to do. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be I'll be very honest that I'm the last two years I have I have absolutely not felt connected to God. And I'm coming out of that, mm-hmm. you know, for 100 percent. I'm coming out of that. And I've I felt more connected to God in the last probably four or five, six months mm-hmm. than I have in the last two years. Mm. And it's, it's mm. been, it's been refreshing, you know, Good. because yeah. it, it just, and in a lot of time it's, it's like, you know, you, you go through the motions of doing mm-hmm. certain things and you think mm-hmm. you're, you're doing it right. And mm-hmm. when you step back and really think, you know, it's like, I'm just not feeling it. And, I'm, I'm feeling it now, so it's, it's yeah. good. Well, we've all been through those moments where things happen, life happens, and there's right. struggles that we live in in this life. And, you know, I know my prayer life had such negative consequences when my dad died. It was hard on my yeah. prayer life. And, you know, I prayed hard for my dad's healing. When my dad's healing didn't come, I'm like, am I, am I, am I really wasting my time in offering these things up before the Lord, you know? But, but when I begin to realize that what God wants to do is connect with me, right? It's not just answering my prayers. Yeah. It's yeah. relationship. We're right. moving in relationship. And so that connection becomes the key and the focus of this this entire series in these next nine weeks yep. together. And honestly, I mean, you know, it kind of goes back to a message that that, uh, that I preached a couple weeks ago when you were gone on having an active relationship mm. with Jesus and that word kava, you know. Yes. Are, you know, are you... Are you just sitting there waiting for him to do something? Are you actively pursuing him? Are you actively going after it? And that's that's kind of what this speaks to as well. It's the same idea. If we're not actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus, then we're slowly slipping away in our relationship. Yep. And the same thing is true with my wife. If I'm not actively pursuing a deeper relationship with my wife, I kind of pull away from her. Right. And so we're trying to come up with the same the same the same kind of relationship with our our heavenly Father is uh, one we're pursuing, one we're diving deeper into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And. Um, so then uh, let's break down a little bit because you went into uh, Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13, mm. uh, which says this, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found <laughs> by you, declares the Lord. And, and we have to remember that text is said in the middle of exile. Mm. That text is said when they are no longer in Jerusalem, they no longer have their temple, they no longer have their sacrificial system, they are in a foreign country at the lowest of lows. I was going to say, this is a valley. It's the valley. This is a valley. This is, you know, yeah. And and I, w- I wonder, you know, again, go, going back to this theory that I have about people that are we saying, okay, I'm in the valley, God, show up. Right. I'm in the valley, God, come. And God's already there in the valley. Mm-hmm. We have to connect with him in that moment. And so he gives us the prescription right there. You know, seek me, find me. How do you do this? When you seek me with right. all of your heart, pray to me. Mm-hmm. We've got to be reaching out to him. When we reach a hand out, he always reaches a hand back. But too often, we're waiting for him to grab us in the middle of the storm. Isn't that interesting? Mm. That, that every time that you offer your hand, he'll grab it. Every time. Every time. He never hesitates to grab our hand. Right. Too often, we don't stick our hand out. Yeah. 
Now that, that's why I like, you know, I like to point out that Psalm 23 is as I walk through the valley. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say as I sit and wait. <laughs> <laughs> as I walk, because that, that's what it is. You're not meant to stay. You're not. Which you, you brought up a few weeks ago. You're not meant to stay in that in that particular time, in that season. Like, you're not. You're not. You know, there's sh- going to be hills and valleys, but mm-hmm. you're not meant to stay in those. There's a shadow. If there's a shadow, that means there's a light shining. Absolutely. Uh, in the shadow of the val- valley, the shadow of death. There's a light shining someplace. We got to look to the light. And we got to walk towards the light, or else we're going to get stuck mm-hmm. right there in that desert place. God doesn't have that desire for us. Doesn't want us to get stuck. He wants us to be in connection. Right. So the Israelites had to make a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to seek Him. I'm going to seek with all of my. I'm going to quit seeking the world's things for a little while. <laughs> I'm going to seek the things of God and see what happens. And what happens is, what happens is, they all head back to the promised land. Is what happens. They seek him, a king moves, and he sends the first wave back to Israel to build the temple, and another wave back to restore the people, another wave back to restore the walls. Right. They seek God, and God God hears them, and God answers them. It's, it's an amazing story. And it's it's amazing that, uh, that yeah, when we, when we speak to God and we get out of our own way, then we'll see him do mm-hmm. some pretty incredible things. Amen. Right? Amen. Um, so then uh, the way a naturalist can connect with God and nature, and you brought these up, believe, perceive, receive. Yes, yes. Um, it's not like we just go outside and we look around and we um, accept the fact that we're enjoying the outdoors. Um, we have to first go out and realize what God has done. We have to, we have to recognize it. We have to, we have to say, okay, I, I believe that God made this tree, and I believe that God made that bird, and I believe that God made this ocean, and God made that sunrise for me, and God put that moon and those stars in those places. And, and if we are just enjoying the way they look and not realizing who made them, we right. missed the first step in this. Yep. And so, you know, people, people, uh, sorry, sorry, this is to you hunters. I apologize ahead of time. Um, but I get so frustrated <laughs> when I hear a hunter say to me, well, I can worship God in a deer stand. And yeah. I'm like, you totally can worship God in a Absolutely. deer stand. Did you? Did that's, you? That's yeah. I always ask them. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Did you connect with the creator today? Yep. Did you see the deer that were walking by your deer stand and say, God made those things? And did you watch the birds fly by and say, oh my gosh, look at the colors God put on those birds. Did you notice as the leaves and the trees were falling to the ground that God gave the colors? Did you did you recognize and connect with that? And most of them stand there with their mouth open, <laughs> not knowing exactly what to say to me because they not never thought I'd challenge them. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's just, that's just been a bad answer, you know, I, I can, yeah. Watch God and when the sun rises. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did you though? I mean, yeah. And, you know. and I, I'm totally in favor of those things. I'm totally in favor of going out and setting in a deer stand or setting beside the ocean or watching the leaves changing color and falling. I, I think it's beautiful to connect to God that way. But you have to believe. You have to believe. And then if you believe, you have to move to this idea of perceive. Okay. Perceive it. You know, I've got I've got to I've got to say, okay, I need to, I need to perceive the greatness of God in his creation. Because I made a statement Sunday, and I, I believe this to be true. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I found somebody that says it, but I don't believe God can create better than who he is. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think we can yeah. only create less than who we are. Right. And so I have to perceive that God is greater than the very things he created. Um, God is greater than we are. God is greater than the angels. You yeah. know, we, we know that through Scripture. So God has to be greater than His creation. Right. And I have to perceive that. If I don't think about the greatness of God in those moments, then all of a sudden I could be making Him less than the giant sequoias, or less than um, the Arches National Park arches, or less than. No, he's not less than. He's greater than. And I have mm-hmm. to put that in my head as I perceive. Then I have to perceive His vastness. 
Um, I, I was trying to find a video for Sunday. You know, sometimes you work and work and work and it's never there. Yeah. I was trying to find a video talking about the vastness of the universe. Oh, okay. And I, right. I found a lot of them that'll spend 30 or 40 minutes talking about it because it's a huge, <laughs> it's huge subject. It really is, yeah. You know, yeah. to take this earth and start comparing it to the other size of planets, comparing it to the size of the sun, comparing yeah. it to the size of the Milky Way. I mean, then, and looking at, looking out into space and seeing the vastness of it and just wondering Wonder, you know, I didn't know what some of the West looked like because I had never been there. Yeah. I wonder what some of the universe looks like right. that we've never seen. Yeah. And that, that vastness should cause us to have a whole deeper understanding of who the Lord is. And so when I stare into the stars, there should be a new understanding of how vast my God is. Um, and, and finally then, catching the beauty of it, mm-hmm. the beauty of it. You know, and, and I'm, I'm, I was so serious when I talked about colors and shapes yep. and textures that there, there's something beautiful about the different textures of the bark on trees. Mm-hmm. There's something beautiful about the different texture of the animals that God's made, the, the fur that he's put on animals. That it, Those things just cause me to stand in awe of the Lord. And instead of just saying, well, that color's brighter than that color, <laughs> <clears throat> recognizing that God yeah. made both of those colors, and my eyes right. have the power to perceive what that looks like. Yes, that that's the amazing part of God's creation. It is, it really is, and it's uh, what I what I was when we were talking earlier about about creation and seeing these things that God made. You know, I was thinking a lot of times we we put ourselves bigger than than the things we make, mm. and mm-hmm. and I you know I was just thinking about like you've been to Disney World, mm, yeah, and, and some of the things that you see there, you know, the, the these giant incredible thing, you know, right? Like you know, Cinderella's castle and the right. Epcot ball and. You know all this stuff, but it's like none of it compares to what you saw on your trip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Nothing we make is is going to be better than what God has done. When Jeremy walked up to Mount Rushmore, <laughs> I mean, it was it was a moment like none yeah, other. Absolutely. You know, we're finishing a three week tour, and Jeremy walks. We the last place is Mount Rushmore. And Jeremy walks up there, and he says, "Man, God did a lot better than that." <laughs> turns around and the kid walked away from Mount Rushmore. Right. He literally walked away totally unimpressed with what humans had done. Well, it's, it's funny because my, my wife has a similar story about Mount Rushmore and just how incredibly underwhelming it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've even been to the Sequoias. Yeah. It, you know, really? Yeah. It really. And she described it similar that it was, it was a foggy day. You couldn't see it. And cause they have it mm-hmm. hidden. They have, right. I don't know how they do it, but they have either. it, they have it hidden. And all of a sudden the fog cleared. It was just this little, little, thing you know and it's like oh okay there it is that was fun yeah yeah you know yeah it's just nothing we do is going to beat what god does and and i guess if if you play the game of a naturalist we'll we're gonna we're gonna totally understand we're gonna totally get that Mm -hmm. now this next week we're moving to sensates okay we're going to move to people who really catch God in their senses. right and so they're gonna they're gonna maybe see a painting hanging on a wall at the louvre or maybe see a tapestry that was made in the third or fourth century about Jesus's death, or or maybe a loaf of bread that's baking in mm. an oven and the smell that comes in. And they would say, you know, there's some things that man does that really brings us into God's presence too. Yeah. And so it's going to be fun to kind of take and temper the idea of the naturalist with the idea of the sensate. Right. Because I'm like you, I see the vastness of God's creation. Mm-hmm. And yet there's a story about Henry Nowen who walks up and sees a painting on the wall and totally loses as he sees this picture of a guy who's um, 
a portrait of the prodigal son. Yeah. And he sees this father and this son situation. It just it just breaks him to the very core. Yeah. Um, so our, our our temperament does have a lot to do with this, doesn't it? And yeah. how much we see God and where we see God and what God has done. Which speaking of the temperaments, um, you know, there there's nine different temperaments that we're gonna look at. Right. And so each one kind of represents um a little bit of something of how we connect. Some you're going to connect with these more than others. Definitely. Right? Definitely. You're, you're going to find, um, in my case, I have two, two that I kind of are my main temperaments. You yeah. know, I'm very much a sensate. I'm very, I, I like the taste, touch, smell kind of things. I find God in those places. Um, I'm very much a thinker. I, right. I love to spend time around very intelligent people that give me ideas I've never had before. I mm-hmm. love to read books. I love to dig into that deeper understanding that I've never, things I've never learned before. Right. And I, I find God in those places. I go outside and I have allergy issues, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I was preaching Sunday about a temperament that yeah. I really struggle with. Yeah. And um, now I, I, what I said is totally true. I see God in the outdoors. Yeah. Um, I have to work at seeing God in the outdoors. Yeah. And there are just times I struggle because it's not my main temperament. Right. Um, but there are, there are moments you go through that back list of naturalists. We, we believe, we perceive, and finally we receive is the yeah. last one. Receiving is, okay, what does God have to teach me in the moment? Right. And I have received great revelation from the Lord as I have been a part of His creation. He right. teaches us a lot about Him and about sin and about nature and about humanity, and the stories are everywhere all around it. Um, and we should be able to see those in all, all kinds of areas. But you know, for me, there's a couple that are, that are main ones, and then the rest of them, I can find God there. I just have to look a little harder. Yeah, I have to work a little harder at it. Right. So I keep telling people, I said, "Well, don't look at the list and say, well, you know, hey, I'm I'm um, I'm number seven. I don't need to come for the first six <laughs> weeks of this sermon series. Um, you know, I don't need to listen to the first the beginning of this right. on, online because I, I I don't resonate with those. Yeah, um, I need to be able to find God in any and every situation. So I I find myself to be a little strange because like I'll find myself. I, I'm not exactly an outdoors kind of person, mm-hmm. but I do feel like I connect with God if I'm standing next to this beautiful lake, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not exactly, I wouldn't say I'm a sensate, but if I hear a particular song, mm. then I will be moved and I will feel mm-hmm. God in that, that, that music, you know? And that's part of why we have to kind of figure out what our best one is. Not, yeah. not, not that any of them are bad. Right. Um, I I am not really an alone kind of guy. I'm not really an ascetic. That's the word we're going to use. Being ascetic, we don't, yep. we don't really find ourselves. I'm not a monk. I don't want to go and you know live away from humankind with sure. twelve other stinky men for the rest of my life. I don't I don't have that desire. <laughs> um, <clears throat> some people that's where they get close to God at. Yeah. And but yet I have had to learn how to be alone so I can experience the presence of God there. Because you've done that. You've actually gone and, and hung out with monks I, in a monastery. I, I do. I've hung out with monks in a monastery, and I figured out how to get close to the Lord in those moments because that's part of our spiritual you know, disciplines is mm-hmm. being alone. I had to learn that. Yeah. I had to grow in that knowledge. Um, so I really believe all of these are possible for us if we'll do the work to connect with God there. It goes, goes back to seeking Him, mm-hmm. finding Him when you seek Him with all of your heart. And, and I'm hoping people will take that seriously. As I told them this week, go take a walk. Yeah. Take a drive. Take a drive. You know, take your shoes off. Walk through your yard for just a second. Look into the stars in the middle of the night. Get a fire going out behind your house. Find some way and then walk through the process. Yeah. Walk through the process. Yeah. And so it's it's important to figure out what your connection point is. And I, it really is. I think this is just, I think this is so important just, just in general for people to, uh, to have this and understand that the connecting with God is is so vital to your to your spiritual journey. If there's if there's something that we've struggled with coming out of COVID, I would say it's connecting. Period. 
Absolutely. Just the idea of connecting. Yeah. Connecting, you know, may, maybe what we've done better in COVID than ever in history is connecting with our families. Um, as we kind of got locked up with each other for extended periods of time. And right. then and then we're dealing with, you know, after effects of the virus. I think people really got to a place where they didn't go out with their friends for dinner. I, something I noticed, Matt, a couple of weeks ago, and we went out, we went out to dinner, um, Peggy and I, and I was looking around the room, and there was nobody there with another couple that was similar mm. to their age. No yeah. one. The entire restaurant was packed full. Yeah. But before COVID, you'd see like two couples going out for dinner together, or there'd right. be a table of six and three guys and three gals. You knew it was a bunch of friends going out for dinner. Yeah. And I'm in this restaurant. There's about 40 or 50 tables around me. And there was not one couple connecting with another couple other than family members or maybe the two going on a date. That's an interesting observation. It, it just it really totally is. floored me. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, okay, so... We're struggling at connecting with friends, maybe in ways that we didn't pre-COVID. Yeah. And then I wonder, okay, so we were removed from church. We were pulled out of those kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that affected our connecting with God? What's happened in that connection? Yeah. Um, because we've all got to be honest. I, I'm not. I'm not against online worship. I'm not. A, you know, we're doing a lot of online stuff. Yeah. I, I totally support it. Yet we do know that it's not the same as yeah. being in present with other. Christians in a room together worshiping or learning or growing. And there is something different about that. And so um, I wonder I wonder how has that affected our connectedness, connectedness yeah. with God? Um, so we've got to find a way to push back into this connection, push back into being connected to the holy. Because if we're not, we're just going to love the outdoors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so different. Yes, it is. So different. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, well, good stuff. You want to pray us out? Yeah. Father God, I am so grateful for the incredible creation that you have made. And Lord, I, I, I still stand amazed, Father, at the things that I haven't seen and the things that I've gotten to see. And I am, I am I'm so blessed, Father, to have traveled um, out west and have seen the giant sequoias and the redwoods, to have dipped my toe into the Pacific Ocean and to to stood there and watched Old Faithful blow. It, it, Lord, what you have done is beyond measure. And yet, Lord, you, you tell us that we are a step above anything else that was made. Um, you call us the pinnacle of your creation, Lord, that you love us more than anything and everything else that you ever set about doing. And so, Father, I thank you today that you have such a great love and a great care for your children. And I pray today, Lord God, that we we will find in your creation you. We'll find your character. We'll find your personhood. We'll find your love, your grace, your mercy, your omnipotence, Lord God, your omniscience, your, your ever-presentness, Father. May we see in your creation who you are, and may we adore you as we come into those moments with you, Father. Help us to connect with you. And Lord, as we're connecting with you, teach us now how to connect with others. I pray, Lord, as we move through this series, we'll not only learn how important it is to connect with you, but we can also connect with each other um, as we use these temperaments together. Father, just get a whole bunch of naturalists together this week. Help them to enjoy the creation, and may they do it with each other this week. We love you, Lord. We give you this day. We give you this broadcast. We give you the work that you're doing here at this church, Lord God, and we just ask that you will multiply it as we push forward into your kingdom. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This has been the Sunday Morning Shakedown. We'll catch you again next week. As always, visit logansportchurch.org slash podcast for more.